Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to live positively with the challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website. It's Tom, the number two, and Tall, T-A-L-L dot com. Joining me as a co-host today is my friend, uh, mentor, butt kicker, all-around good guy, Brad, and I'm going to pronounce his name right, Zollis. Uh Tell people about yourself, Brad, and since you wrote the foreword for our guest today, introduce uh, Dave as well. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate being on today's show and being asked to co-host. Uh, my name is Brad Zollis, as Tom had said, and I wrote the book Liquid Leadership, and it's in the subtitle that explains what I do, and that is From Woodstock to Wikipedia. And what I do is I help businesses understand there's a generational divide affecting their sales and their management cycles, and I basically introduce them and help them create a 21st century workforce culture. And uh, i got to tell you, Tom, we missed you in Chicago, buddy. Uh, in case you don't know tom's like our little brother we like to tease the heck out of him uh but we protect him uh you know won't let anybody near him but boy we 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 miss being able to tease you a little bit and uh yeah well anyway what yeah go ahead tell us uh tell us uh, about uh our amazing guest because you got the privilege of writing the foreword for the book which i thought was very nice Well, thank you. Yeah, our guest today is David Brown, and um, during his 25-year career in insurance, Dave learned firsthand the challenges of running a small business, including the number one reason businesses fail, which is the failure to understand their market and their customers' buying habits. David became a student of marketing and knocked it out of the park with his first campaign, which brought in 20% more sales. When fellow agents saw the results, they said, hey, Dave, You should be teaching this stuff. (laughs) This led him to write his book, From the Bottom Up, The Ultimate Guide for Business Planning to Profitability. In 2012, David left the insurance business and started his own consulting business, D. Brown & Company, pursuing his passion of marketing and helping others. David is a firm believer in serving his community. He became a member of the Volunteer Board of Directors for a Community Health Center in 1987 and worked his way up the ladder, becoming president of the Board of Directors for nearly 20 years. During his tenure, the organization grew from a small health center to four locations in two countries with a budget of over $11 million. He was elected president of the Michigan Primary Care Association for two terms. He also served on the board of directors for the National Association of Community Health Centers. David's work has earned him several awards from both the state and national associations. As his book title says, David knows what it's like to learn from the bottom up from starting a business to being president of a multi-million dollar organization. A consummate professional, David's marketing skills continue to increase his clients' businesses by 20 to 25%. Please welcome our guest today, David Brown. Hi, Brad, Tom. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. Sure. Uh, Dave, uh, I, I'll, I'll throw in a little bit before we dig in. Uh, Dave... Uh-huh. 
actually hired me to be a keynote speaker for the Michigan Primary Care Association one year, and I got a chance to meet Dave. And I think, Dave, I was one of those people that said, uh, after hearing all your your stories from in the trenches, I said, Dave, you should be teaching this. Am I right? Pretty close, yeah. (laughs) But we were sitting around having a few drinks, uh, as everybody does, and got to know each other. And over the years, I've really been... uh, uh, admiring the work you do. It's, it's amazing to watch the growth that has taken place and the, the clients you've attracted and the people you're working with now. But let's dig in a little bit here on this interview and ask you, well, what is it that you actually do? Well, you could say I, say I create business and marketing plans, but what I really do is show people how to bring more money into their business. One of my yeah. clients was a new veterinarian. Uh, her and I worked together for about six months. As soon as she started to implement her marketing plan that we laid out, her business began to grow, and she exceeded her revenue goals for the first year by 20%, and on schedule to do that for the second year as well. Wow. So anybody who's listening tonight, uh, do you want to make more money? Do you want to see your business grow? Do you want to uh, learn a little bit from David? Uh, Get out a pen and some paper and uh, write some of this down. So let's get back to your veterinarian. Um, What did you do to help uh, this veterinarian? Well, the first thing we did was find out what makes her different from any other vet in town. And we started with that, breaking down who her preferred clients were. And so what we did is we came up with that list of qualities. And I went to work, got a list for her within five miles of her office. We were looking at people that made 35000 or more, owned a cat, and subscribed to cat magazines. <laughs> you know, when you're a cat-only vet, you got to go with the cats. So, uh, was, was that the big differentiator, Dave? That was the uh, the, the big thing that she she did best was cats, Am right? right? She, she specializes in cats and has a full-service cat hospital. Wow! And de- uh, dental uh, with the cats, and she's got to build her nice practice. But when I showed her this list, we had a thousand households that fit that criteria within five miles of her office. How did wow. you find that list? Uh, I took her criteria and went into list brokers that uh, I did research and found and gave them that criteria, and then they came back with uh, that number, and I was just shocked, and so was she. Wow. And then I said, right, just for grins and giggles, give me <laughs> what the number would be with 25 or 20 miles of the, of the office, which is in a, uh, somewhat of a uh, urban setting. It's takes you in quite a bit of distance in a lot of houses, that list had an over 20, almost 25,000 names on it. Whoa. Wow. And, you know, so it was just amazing how many people are in their backyard. Well, for those of you who are listening, a lot of times we, we make it really hard in our own business, and we try to go do those one-offs where we, you, you go door-to-door almost, or you make phone calls, or you, you put up your shingle like a, like a uh, veterinarian would do and wait for customers to arrive or patients. And the reality is is, is all the great secrets of, of the best out there in marketing is you get a list that's targeted to the type of audience that you want and what makes you really great at what you do. And you don't just buy a list, right, Dave? You have to really sit down and go into the marketing side of what really makes you unique. Correct. Yeah, everybody's got something that makes them different from their uh, neighboring business or practice. Right. Uh, in this case, because she specialized in cats, uh, a lot of people liked that because she didn't have to worry about dogs, and then she made house calls. Right. Oh, so, wow. And so that took us into another realm, 
And then we targeted uh, the mailing campaigns with that information and start sending those out in waves and just watch the new clients come in the door. Right. Now, everybody gets caught up, I think, in, in social media and Twitter and all this, but it really goes back to direct marketing. Uh, sending out a mail or something that just goes right in the mailbox. And here's the difference, and maybe you can confirm this, Tom and Dave. You know, if you did this 20 years ago, you'd be competing with dozens of catalogs and a bunch of mm-hmm. you know, four-by-six cards or five-by-sevens or BRC cards, as they call them, or freestanding inserts. But today, because very few people are doing that now, your postcard mailer stands out like a sore thumb. Am I right? Yeah, Oh, absolutely. Exactly. This is the same type of program that I used in my insurance agency. When I opened up my office uh, in a new location, we targeted subdivisions within a uh, half a mile radius of our office. And then as those were hitting the mailboxes, a billboard went up right, with the same information on it. So everything was timed. And the first client we wrote in our insurance business that day off that campaign, paid for the entire campaign. Wow. Mm -hmm. So everything else was just, you know, return on investment. Wow. And so we applied those same principles uh, to her uh, using that gold key list that we put together that accommodated all the information that she needed for her clients. Wow. Wow. This is what I love talking about, people like you, Dave. When I was doing research for my own book, and I I have a business background as well, took a company public, all those things, uh, and I, I started to do research from other business gurus and really smart people who teach at Harvard. And guess what I found out? 95% of those business experts never owned or operated a business. They just talk about it from theory. And this is why I love talking to people like you, Dave, and you as well, Tom. You've been in the trenches of business. You've bled a little bit. You've had to bite your nails and try and meet payroll. You've tried to f- figure out how to increase sales. So we're getting the real deal here instead of just somebody who wrote 500, or read 500 books and now is an expert on some topic that they really don't have that experience in, but you do. And, and that's why I love these kind of stories where you're telling actual uh, tactics that help people actually get their businesses up to another level. Nice. And you mentioned a few different ways, Dave. Uh, I just three days ago finished reading Dan Kennedy's The Ultimate Marketing Plan. <clears throat> and he talks about don't rely on just one thing. Don't rely on a mailing. Uh, don't rely on email. And so... With the vet, you had the, or with your insurance agency, you had the billboard and the mailing, and you timed one after the other so that the effect would be like, holy cow, this guy's all over town. He's got billboards. Well, yeah, and it, it really drew and then a you crowd. And you phone too. Yeah, it's uh, and that was the strategic place billboard, which was uh, a few hundred yards actually from my office, right next to a gas station. <laughs> all right, so people are pumping gas. Here's my ugly face looking down at them. <laughs> and they already got your ugly face in the mail. You're well, like yeah, the... and so the funny part of it was I thought it was bad when friends and clients harass you, but when the pastor of the church jumps in on it, <laughs> you know you've hit big time because he told me, so I'm used to God looking down on me, but the insurance guy, no way. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like the Phil Dumphy of insurance, right, from Modern Family. It's like, hey, yeah, just there's this picture on the billboard. And it's just awesome. getting that name out. Uh the other thing yep. we used is uh, bus service here in town has 
uh, advertising spots all over it. So we put the whole back of the bus was our uh, ad. Right. And we, you know, we're working with the vet to do the same thing. So you're stopped at a, at a traffic light. Here's the bus, and here's all the information right there. Wow. Well, some people get a little shy when it comes to promoting their business. They're very good at being a business owner, but they're not so great at standing up in front of an audience or putting their face on a billboard or, or maybe even putting their picture on a business card. But I've got to tell you, it helps in business because you become memorable. Mm-hmm. And people can't help. They see you on the street and they say, hey, I, I've seen you before. Uh, and, and I specialize in the generational stuff, so I have to almost yell at boomers that this is uh, something that's effective and you just need to do it. Exactly. It, it, it does. It takes, uh, you know, like you say, people are, really don't want that kind of exposure, but it builds that brand. It does. It really yeah. does. Uh, people in the 21st century have to know you, like you, and trust you. And the b- easiest way to do that is get your picture on a few of those things. Now, maybe that's not your brand. So maybe like for the veterinarian, you have a, a beautiful little kitty cat <laughs> and the vet, uh, vet's picture on the back. But something that will, will, that will tie in emotionally and get people to know who you are. So, right. Dave, I have now, a question for you. Uh, oh, sure. Can, I, can I ask one more question about the Sure, go, jump in, Tom. The list seems cool, and so I'm thinking there's a list of cat owners, like (laughs) 35-year-old cat owners within five kilometers. Can you tell people a little bit about more about lists? Because someone might send out 10,000 flyers when only 800 of them actually have a cat. Uh, Right. Like you can, I guess, in this day and age, with everything that's known about everybody you can pretty well segment guys that wear different color socks and have blue eyes and two cats and three dogs. And you could pretty well, I imagine, find any parameter you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a, a book, and I I can't think of the title, the the acronym for it off the top of my head, but you could, it lists all the brokers and what they offer. And the tighter the, you nail it down the more expensive it gets because you got fewer to pick from. Right. Um, but you're right. Anything that you want to know, do they subscribe to golf magazines? Do they have uh, two cars, one an SUV? Do they, uh, <laughs> right. It is amazing what you can find when you start doing these uh, data research to pull out these lists because uh, I learned about these through Dan Kennedy's uh, Glazer Kennedy group. And I started putting that to work when I was in uh, the insurance business. And I've carried that through helping clients and doing different things like this for them. And they're amazed when I can say, you know, I can get you this number of people. And the rates on some of these were pennies. Wow. The, that thousand uh, household list was 120 bucks. Right. <sighs> right. And that included name, address, phone number that was scrubbed to the do not call list. Wow. And then they wouldn't release email addresses, but if you wanted an email campaign, you submitted your information to them, and they would do the email campaign for wow. you know an additional cost. <laughs> wow. And it, it's, that's where the money's at is in these lists. Well, wow. th- this is a secret. I hope everybody's writing this down. Yeah, you can yeah. get a targeted list. And, and why scratch your head? Why tear your hair out when you can just – Buy a list, but make sure you know your customer, know your client. Right. And and how do you how do you figure out your client 
Uh, Dave, can you go into that a little bit? Well, what we do is, uh, like with my vet, we knew we had to start with cats, but she had worked for a cat-only clinic in another city. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, what were the people, what were some of the demographics that those cat owners had that came in? And so we started asking you know, questions about, oh, well, were they upper income, middle income? Right. Male what did or you female? See? Right. And so those things like that, we just, she started rattling them off. And I said, right, and I'm writing them down because this is all part and parcel of how we combine that preferred client. Right. So we got down to this, and I said, all right, we've got like, had like eight criteria. We narrowed it down to, you know, just a few. Because she's a new start, we need to get the name out in the community on top of the print media and everything else. But we did that targeted mailing and postcards. We sent one out to the same list. You know, a few weeks later, we sent out another one. And then you know, a few weeks later, we sent out a third one and making those contacts, and they started coming in the door. But right. we took that criteria and just, what do you think, who's looking for your product? Right. Where will we find these? Uh, and this is stuff that I use when I, insurance as well, is if I'm selling long-term care, I'm going to sell it to, you know, boomers on the leading edge or even some of their younger children to take care of mom and dad. Right. Who's going to use those products that you have to offer services? Right. <clears throat> well, Dan, you mentioned Dan Kennedy, and for those who don't know who Dan Kennedy is, he's probably one of the best direct marketing gurus in the country, he shows a lot of small business owners how to reach that that client that, and get that elusive target <laughs> narrowed down. But um, Dan tells a great story, uh, Dave, and I'm sure you remember this one. He had somebody who got a targeted list, and he had figured out what he thought his customer was, and he got absolutely no responses. So Dan said, Look, I'm going to show you how this works. So they went to the targeted neighborhood because a lot of times he recommends starting local. Just start local with your, your marketing. And this guy cleaned carpets. He did uh, carpet and flooring. So they go to the zip code that he had sent all his mailings to. Well, guess what was on the front lawn of almost all these houses? There was either a car jacked up on the grass <laughs> <laughs> or people were sitting out in the middle of the day drinking. <laughs> and he said, you sent a targeted campaign to this zip code? He goes, yeah, <laughs> okay. So Dan decided to help him out, and he got a different zip code, which was literally the next neighborhood over, maybe like between two or three miles down the road. Well, the houses were similar, except people were out mowing their front lawn. They were painting uh, the trim. on their, they, they took pride in their home. And their salaries were not that much bigger. It, it was just a different mindset. And they started targeting that zip code for their mailing list. And the guy's business shot up 25 30%. So th this stuff works. You know, it's, it's, it's about figuring out your customer and, and getting it aligned and getting the right list. Definitely. And uh, Dave, uh, this, uh, uh, this comes to uh, our next question about uh, small businesses. A uh, veterinarian is, uh, can be a small business. Uh, that seems to be what you focus on. Uh, why does a small business need a real solid business and marketing plan? Because a lot of times you have a nice guy with a great product. He's very excited. 
But after that, it's not clearly laid out like a Dan Kennedy plan would be. How are you going to get them? How are you going to keep them? How are they going to get them telling others about you? And so talk about how small businesses really need this business and marketing plan uh, so that the dream of being a a small business owner doesn't become their nightmare. Yeah, well, most people will spend more time planning their vacation than they will their business. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an unfortunate uh, true statement, but... um, as Brad mentioned in the opening, uh, you know, failure to plan is, is one of those leading causes of why businesses go under, and, but it's so powerful of a document. I've seen business plans on cocktail napkins. It's not <laughs> one I would highly recommend, but I have seen them work. Uh, but it doesn't have to be elaborate. It just has to have all the right information into it. Uh, and the key is, you know, who are you going to market to, how are you going to market them, and where are you going to find them? And when you lay out that marketing plan, which is a part of your business plan, you cover that th- those topics as well as uh, many others. But as you know, with Brad in dealing with the generational, being a boomer myself, I liked it hard copy. I like to have something mm-hmm. in my hand to look at compared to if you're marketing to a millennial, they want to see it electronically. Yeah. Right. So we have to target those generations with the right product in the right uh, fashion. Otherwise, nobody's going to pay any attention. Well, what goes into a decent business plan? I mean, for those uh, people who are listening, Dave, what, what do you recommend as maybe like just the basic steps to get started? I mean, obviously they should hire you and your expertise because you're not going to waste time. But let's say they want to get started and they need to come to you first. They, they really need to have like five things laid out. Am I correct? Well, right. What we need to do is, you know, we need to know what their vision is for the business for the next three to five years. Okay. And, you know, what's their vision, their mission, and what kind of budget do they have to work with? You could have the best laid plan, but if you don't have any money to implement the plan, it's it's uh, a worthless piece of paper, mm-hmm. and you know who's going to help you implement things. I like to have a, a few items in place when I start talking to people, and so if they've got that, then we can build off of it. And what their product or service is, uh, some of them are still trying to figure out which widget they're going to do or how they're going to provide this <laughs> service, um, right. and they have to have some type of focus on what they're going to do as, as we start into the planning process. Yeah. And I also I also think that it's nice to have someone like yourself, Dave, to uh, look over, ask questions, uh, because you can get a little tunnel vision as a business owner. You found this cool widget. You think the whole world wants this widget, and you're just going to go out and everyone's going to buy it. But when you sit down, you say, what about this? And be like, oh, yeah, right. Uh, oh, hmm. hadn't thought of that. <laughs> what about this? And so I think it would be helpful to very start with a business plan, is, as Brad said, get someone like you, not someone like you, <laughs> get you uh, to sit down with them so that they're not right. missing some things in their initial planning. And one thing that we've done to make it easy for them to contact me is at the end of every chapter in my book is my email address. That's brilliant. So mm. as they're reading this book, 
they get through this, oh, I got a question, maybe I should do this. My email is right there. They don't have to hunt for it. It's right there at the bottom of the page. Send me an email. I'll answer it uh, within a day or so and get right back to them so that way they can be right on, on course with that. Now, Dave, I want, I want to throw this out. Let's say somebody doesn't have a big lump sum of money. They're bootstrapping this, and they're really going like a month-to-month kind of budget. What do you recommend there? Well, there's a lot of things that you can do uh, at no cost. You may have to start out with the social media, at least to get your name out, because there are ways to do it with little or no cost or partner up with somebody that uh, business that you that will advertise your business by sending them referrals. So there's a way to you know, start your way through with you know, virtually no money. Uh, if you got your computer up and running, you're providing a service. You know we can start putting together a e- uh, marketing campaign via Twitter, Facebook, uh, whatever the case may be that fits your marketplace. At least to get you out there and start getting some money coming in the door to pay the bills. Right. You said something about. Uh partnering with someone that's like a channel marketing partner like like if you have somebody who lays hardwood floors and you're a carpet layer you could partner with them and say hey look i'll give you 20 percent commission on every job that you throw my way and vice versa am i right is that how it works correct yeah it's uh for instance like this vet i, I told her to get with a uh a photographer and she's working out the details to do a off-season promotion. Christmas in July, bring your cat in, and we'll get a picture with Santa Claus in July. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we hear all the Christmas in July. I says, now all of a sudden you got a photographer advertising for you. Mm-hmm. You're advertising for the photographer, but you, it's a win-win-win. <laughs> so there's things idea. that you can do in these uh, cooperative ventures with other businesses that have a like-type customer base right. that really work to everyone's advantage. Yeah, the the channel marketing partner I always find uh, is that that little secret weapon that a lot of people don't know about. But uh, I can give you a rough idea for those who are listening. Do you remember when Continental Airlines started advertising that they were serving Starbucks coffee on their flights? Well, that was a win-win because people were Mm. so into Starbucks. Some people were willing to go, well, I'm going to fly on Continental. And they had to buy coffee anyway, so there's Starbucks offering the coffee and they shared the the advertising costs on this and guess what you know it just it it created that brand image where okay here's they're partnering together on this so when you think about a channel marketing partner or partnering with somebody it's somebody who might need or use your product in an unusual way and vice versa you 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 need what they do as well right and they should have a list yes <laughs> absolutely We're all the money's the in list. the list you know that's where you you find that uh money in your backyard that we didn't know was there mm-hmm. that's that hidden money you talk about yeah uh you the, talk about that hidden well, money, <laughs> hidden money, yeah. hidden money. Well, it's not digging up the coffee can in the backyard um, <laughs> you know well we, we're boomers we kind of know about the coffee can in the backyard <laughs> yeah, yeah you might even yeah. have one yeah, mine's empty. I rated that a while back. Um, but what? Yeah, with this, like you said earlier, Brad. You know, people want something. Think it's got to be this great, big, elaborate thing. And sometimes it's just as simple uh, of looking what's what's right there. I mean, in Wizard of Oz, she says, you know, don't have to go looking any farther than my own backyard. Yeah. You know, when Dorothy ready to gets home at the end, but 
And that's what this is. You know, when five miles of your office, you've got a thousand people that that's not people, that's households. Right. Uh, that had no idea they were there. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's just amazing what's right under our noses, and we don't see it because we're looking for something huge. And so yeah. we help them uncover, you know, what's right there in their neighborhood that they can benefit from. Nice. I work for a management consultant, and uh, my team used to call presidents. And one of the ways we could describe what a management consultant does was say, you know, when you pull out your coat in the spring and you find 20 bucks in your pocket, uh, we said, that's what we're like. That 20 bucks was there the whole winter, but you didn't even know it. And so we help you find that 20 bucks. And that's kind of what you're what you're talking about as well, Dave. Is the, the 20 bucks is there. They just haven't found it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're always so close to our dreams that we may quit too early because we didn't realize it was there because we didn't do enough research on the front end to realize that we've got this vast base of customers right there. Right. Have you ever read the book uh, by Russell Conwell? It was based on his speech, Acres of Diamonds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommend everybody read that parable. Uh, about Russell Conwell, uh, especially as we're talking about finding money, hidden money that's right in your own backyard, uh, because I think it's apropos for what we're talking about. Uh, We try to get grandiose sometimes when we're thinking about our business plans and how we're going to be multimillionaires and all this, and the way to start sometimes is not so grandiose, but just look at what's right there. Yeah. Nice. Dave, can I ask you something? Sure. Uh, so I'm a small business owner, just starting. Uh, people don't know. They've never hired someone like you before. They could be thinking, this dude's going to cost me like ten grand to put a plan together that I can bring to somebody to sell something. Uh, can you give like a range or assure people, a small business owner, that oh, man, I'm going to have to give half my cash flow to Mr. Dave here. Uh, It's probably not that expensive for you to give them a hand, get them started, and probably with the marketing plan that you build based around a lot of what you learn from Dan Kennedy, anything he does, usually there's a very quick ROI, and it's significant and ongoing. So talk about that just for a, a small business or entrepreneur guy who knows he needs help, but he's thinking you're costing as much as uh, his next vehicle or something. No, um, because coming through the trenches, I know what it's like starting up. What I do is actually on my website, I have a free download for a uh, planning guide for a business plan. Wow. Fill in the blanks. You said free. Free. The key word, free, that tracks right with the book. Wait a minute. Uh, how do you spell that? That's <laughs> <Yeah>. free. <laughs> and, and the uh, website right now is guidingyourcourse.com. That will take you to there where you can order the book, uh, click on the link to order the book, or you'll see the free download for the business planning guide. Can you so say you that can, website again? Because I'm slow at guidingyourcourse.com. Yeah. Well, everybody can spell those three words, guidingyourcourse.com. And so basically what you can do, it walks you through the steps. 
So, I mean, this is something you can do it for yourself. And then if you get all that completed and then you say, you know, I need some help combining it hmm. for, you know, between two and $300, we will put that all together with once you fill that document out. What? Did you say like hundreds of dollars? Yeah, you know, two to three hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, compared to uh, an email I got today, where a guy had a price of four thousand dollars to do a business. <laughs> yeah, this is what I've heard from other people. Uh, right. Like four, five, six thousand. Well, yeah, I, and I, so, no, we're I, we're geared for those people, just like you mentioned, Tom, that are trying to uh, start up, don't have a lot of money. You know, we talked about bootstrapping it. Uh, we do a lot of the work ourselves, and so this is my way of supporting those folks that are trying to get off the ground with their with their business but yet cover some of my expenses and so right. i'd like to help people and this is one way i can do this by making this affordable i think people should hire you just for that list finding capability because again no. you know a newbie like me uh i bet there's a 192 sources to find 182,000 lists and how am i going to figure it out and so I think it'd be worth like two, three, four, five hundred bucks to hire a guy like you who could narrow down the list that's going to yep. launch my business. I, I think, and this was why I endorsed David's book. It's because uh, he was giving you access to him and his knowledge. He was willing to help people. He wasn't trying to just take from them. And you were, you were like right there for the average guy. Uh, trying to help them uh, get their business started. And Dave, I, I have your your uh, your workbook planning guide right in front of me. It's 28 pages. It's step by step. It's really easy to fill out. And then uh, you get this back to you. And and uh, also, I recommend getting uh, Dave's book as well, From the Bottom Up, the Ultimate Guide for Business Planning to Profitability, uh, as well, because there's stories in there that will help you narrow some of this down. Uh, but but Dave, you offer some other consulting uh, services as well. Am, am I correct? Well, we do. We, we're working with the uh, and we're putting together some packages right now that will provide them with uh, you know the list uh, and help them design the marketing material and the calendar and the business plan. Uh, those are the key pieces that we do. But in the book as well, how many people that have left corporate employment? starting on your own, have ever hired someone. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that was all new to me uh, many years ago when right. I had to hire my first staff in the insurance business. How do I go about this? Mm-hmm. Well, because of my involvement uh, with the community health centers, I used that template we did for the big corporations and adapted it down to my business. And that process is in the book. How to, you know, what to look for and how to design a, a campaign to find staff. Mm-hmm. Wow, hadn't even thought of that, but uh, I've done hiring before, and when I first started it, I was somewhat naive. One of the questions I used to ask, uh, I used to ask this question, and my group would help me in the interview, are you a fan of the Simpsons? Because if they weren't, they were going to have a hard time working for me. <laughs> That's probably not a real professional interview question to ask, are you a fan of the Simpsons? Well, well, so many of our laws anymore don't let you ask a lot of questions. Right, right. There you go. So well, I hadn't even a, thought of that one. If you're yeah, in a creative, it, a creative field, you could ask that question. That would be apropos. Well, yeah, in, in a creative field. Yeah, if you're it in would the depend on, uh, on, the, on the type of business. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, for instance, I used to ask people if they like to laugh. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> because if they did not like to laugh, my office was not the place for them. Right. <laughs> uh, really, Dave? I really didn't get you know, that from you. <laughs> how many insurance offices do you know that had a Nerf gun under every desk? Oh, I heard that. I like that. You know, it was a nice tension breaker. Right. It is. You know, well, it's high stress. Yeah, you have to be able to take a break once in a while and just have a little fun. Uh, you know, when you're dealing with large budgets and you're having to meet numbers, you gotta you gotta drive that in a creative way. And and one of the best ways is to just you know break the tension with something. Uh, Dave, I uh, have another point here. That's sure. It seems like uh, I've read or Brad read your bio. That's pretty long. Pretty good one. Uh, it seems like you're doing this mostly just to help other people. Uh, two, three hundred bucks on a business plan, a few hundred bucks for advice here and there, helping people find the list. You're not doing this because you need the money. It sounds more to me like you're doing it because you've had the experience and you would enjoy sharing it with other people and maybe helping them stay away from some of the uh, uh, pitfalls along the way that you've experienced. Right. Well, I've always uh, had people... Uh, offered me advice and helped me when I was getting going. Um, when you were introducing Brad as, as a mentor, he's been uh, a mentor to me ever since I met him, okay. along with uh, several other folks uh, that have always been there. If I need a question, I can pick up the phone and call them. And that's what I want to give back. Uh, people help me. I want to pass that philosophy on uh, because – I just enjoy helping people, and I want to see everybody that starts a business succeed. Yeah. And to me, whether you're retiring from corporate employment like I did, uh, we had a unique situation for me, but uh, there's so many people that, you know, they've even termed them as encore entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because they've left corporate employment because of downsizing, can't find a job, and decided, well, I'll just start a business, but they have no idea how to start a business. Yes. And so I can, you know, at least give them some basic steps to get them in the right direction and help them put a plan together to make them succeed. And then, you know, who knows where they'll be down the road. They may have to call me in. They can refer me to somebody else. Uh, but we're pricing this to help people. Nice. I that's see amazing. you're also a send-out cards distributor, and that's an amazing organization. I send, <clears throat> I send my wife and other people, but um, most often my wife who loves the creativity I can create with these send out <laughs> cards with my own pictures and hilarious little things in there and uh, talk a little bit about send out cards because it, it, it is a great organization and if you're a small business person veterinarian any of those you should be using send out cards it's inexpensive yeah, it's, and it's it keeps you in touch cool. yeah, it's a great it is. tool it really is well so many things you know most of our sales are made on the 5th through the 12th touch with with people and what a better way to touch them than with a greeting card. It doesn't have to be anything special. You've seen your name in the paper for the anniversary. You could actually put that picture on the front of their greeting card, Wow! put a personal note in there, and they get this card in the mail. And what they do, they hang it on the refrigerator because it's got the, their picture on it. And, oh, look what my insurance guy or my vet sent me. Right, right. Uh, it's a way to keep in touch. Like you say, it's low cost to send an average card. You're looking at, you know, the mailing is 47 cents uh, for the postage. And then uh, less than a buck, you've got a greeting card, and you didn't even have to leave your house to get it. 
And think of the veterinarian with the photographer. Uh, like if you got a nice card with a picture of your cat on it, you would be you oh, like loving it. Well, you, you know what I do, do with send out cards. A lot of times, I I get my picture taken with the people that I've uh, I'll speak oh. at a conference and things like this, and then I'll put their logo and that picture on the card where the we're together in a group shot oh. and send that to them, and they put that up on their wall at work. I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and those are the pieces that end up in the company newsletters. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, is. and so for a dollar, you're getting. Uh, you talk about inexpensive marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is yeah. the cheapest way to do it. And it's it's just something that you can do that uh, sends out, like I say, you know, middle of the night, oh, i got to send a card to somebody. Sit down at your computer or your iPhone or your Android phone and send a card. Yeah. Everybody, and they get a card in the mail of quality. Right. I, I was just going to say this real quick. Everybody thinks you got to spend – Two and five thousand dollars to do a small budget kind of mailing and things like this. And no, it's it's thirty, forty, fifty cents. It just takes the time to to design the thing and you send it out. And it's it's not about price; it's about impact. Yeah. And I think some, everything you've talked about tonight, Dave and Tom, is about impact. Little simple things that we've lost touch with, I think, in the last 35 years about the human element in the the business world a little bit. You're giving back to the community and things like that, Dave. And I was going to ask you why you wrote the book, and honestly, I think you answered that. Uh, so I'd rather ask you, what was it like to write a book? <laughs> it's like a little bit like birthing, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. It, it, you know, it's only 100 pages only, <laughs> but it was a two-year project. Yeah. Because, you know, this was odd times when I was uh, writing this between working and different things. I'd sit down and I'd write a little bit. Uh, but sometimes we forget what we know. Mm-hmm. And writing this out, you know, I'm sitting there thinking and researching, doing stuff. Wait a minute. I know that. Why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. Because we get, we look for the next shiny object. The next uh, shiny object. This brought me back. But, I mean, when I had to. I had those two agents come in there and ask me, you know, for help. And when they says, you know, you need to be teaching this, and I said, well, you know, the light bulb went off above my head. And that's when I decided, well, you know, this would be a great topic for a book. Mm-hmm. And so being able to put all that together and, again, having mentors and coaches, you know, that I look up to along the way helped me do this. And I'm saying, wow, you know, it really – it is uh, – to have that thing, it is like giving birth. Well, the thing I that I'll give, I'll give some people some backstory. Three, four years ago, Dave and I met uh, up in the mountains of of uh, Michigan, and uh, we were sitting down to have a couple of beers the night before I was supposed to speak. And some of the stories that you told about the struggles in business, the things you've learned, the people you've helped, and the people who have come to you, they really touched my heart. And I realized, you know. You're, you're a lot like me uh, and Tom and anybody who's listening. I grew up in Pennsylvania. You know, I've, I've, I've been hunting and fishing, went to church. You know, just the basic American upbringing. And we're faced right now with, with this dilemma with the economy and things like this. And this is the very best time to start a business, believe it or not, because the, the, the ground level is as low as it can get. So there's nothing but up 
for uh, anybody who's an entrepreneur. But the one thing, and this is what I want everybody to write down if you're listening to this, get Dave's information and contact him because this is a regular person who can help you have business success the first time out of the gate. And it's hard. If you've been in a business sitting at a desk for 25, 30 years, it's very hard to leave that business and now just become an entrepreneur. You need guidance and you need coaching. And I wish I had had somebody like Dave when I was first starting out as a kid. Because um, i gotta, I got to take my hat off to you, Dave. We had a lot of fun and a lot of fun <laughs> stories. Uh, but you have an amazing amount of business experience. Uh, do you remember that night in... in uh, oh, it was, it was great. there's no forgetting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we closed that place down. That was funny. Now, you just call him an ordinary guy, Brad, but you go out of the way, Dave, on your book and on your website as just being the average Joe. Exactly. Well, and that's, you know, as, as we talked about, uh, I've walked in those shoes. Right. I worked in a factory early on out of high school. We went on strike, lost my job. Ooh. And so I've been through that. Then I answered an ad in a newspaper saying, you know, we're looking for insurance agents. You know, well, I've never done that. I tried it. And little did I know that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial career is we ended up being um, small business people. We owned our franchise. Oh. And we had everything we had to do to meet the company's guidelines. But we were responsible for the bottom line in our operation. And so uh, I started at that point and then uh, worked my way through. And 25 years later, I was still there. Wow. I addressed the Million Dollar Roundtable in Malaysia. And I I told them that if you because they're in insurance sales, that that's like the World Series or the Super Bowl of selling. Like nobody buys insurance, life insurance. You have to sell it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so and true. So, uh, and and uh, so I've taken those, what I've learned from those uh, few points, and one of the stories I tell about in the book is I had one supervisor that he came from the business sector. So he's the one that really got us into looking at our little insurance agency as a business. And when we looked at, he had a friend come in to help us put together a budget. I've had, you know, odds and end pieces of it, but I never had it all formalized up till that point. And I'm looking at all these things that I've got to be responsible for. And I'm saying, oh, my God, where am I going to get the money? <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those aha moments that being always working for someone else, I didn't have to worry about. Right now, I'm the boss. Yeah. I have to worry about it for all for the folks that I end up having to hire. Uh, and so I've walked in the shoes of everybody, and that's why I consider the average Joe is uh, came out of the factory, couldn't find a job, started this, left this job 25 years later, couldn't find a job, so I decided, well, let's just start a business helping people and doing what I love to do, and that's marketing. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think, uh, Dave, we... Uh, uh, that should wrap up the show because I think if we go a bit longer, Brad and I are going to grab ourselves a beer and we'll recreate the night you first met, Brad. And, yeah. uh, because we we can uh, when you get three entrepreneurs, small business people <laughs> on a call, they can really go on forever. But let's remind people of uh, uh, say the website again because I'm on the one where it goes to after, which is the average Joe one. Right. Yeah, we can. Uh, I've got the one the average Joe biz. 
com. It's Dave at the Average Joe Biz. It's the one throughout the book. Okay. And so if, if you, you're looking at that, you see that, that'll get you to the same place. Or guidingyourcourse.com. Uh, either place, there's a free download of that planning guide that you step-by-step step all the way through it. And then if you, uh, to your listeners, if they send me an email to um, Dave at the average com, I'll actually send them a resource CD if they just put Tom in the subject line of sample mm-hmm. documents that they can use to help get their business started. Woohoo! I'm going to blast that out to my newsletter subscribers so they know about that as well. Uh, but uh, Profit from the Bottom Up, amazing book. Any small business owner, entrepreneur, wannabe entrepreneur, uh, not just buy the book. I would suggest, of course, that they contact you uh, for the few hundred bucks they're talking about and the amount of headaches you can eliminate and oh, yeah. the quickness with which you can get them up to earning money capacity. Uh probably worth two three hundred bucks or way more than that they're probably you're probably underselling that day brad will be kicking well, your butt for that later well you know once i get uh myself because i'm just starting up really on this thing moving forward uh you know but i okay. uh I, we're going to start I, someplace and i believe well, well, let me put, i look at it this way you want dave in your corner folks long term so the best way to do that is start with the initial uh, dip in the water. Go to the website, download the business plan, order the uh, or the workbook, and order his book from the bottom up, and uh, order the CDs, and get started on your own. And, and by the way, being an entrepreneur is about taking your own responsibility for what you're doing. And having a secret weapon like Dave Brown in your corner, uh, what I wouldn't give for that. And the price is an entry-level fee for listening to this podcast. So get in there. Don't hesitate. This is the time to take action because, let's face it, the economy is not getting any better. (laughs) Right. And you could be one list away from being permanently self-employed. Right. And having nothing but kitty cats coming in your door every day. (laughs) Thanks so much, Dave. This has been a lot of fun. I know we could talk forever, and I'm going to enjoy reading your book, which I received a few days ago. Uh, And so everybody, as Brad and I say, call Dave, email Dave, get a hold of Dave. It would be certainly worth your while to at least have an initial discussion with him. Yeah, don't hesitate. Yeah, Thanks for having me on the show, Uh, Tom. Brad, as as always, it's a pleasure uh, talking with you in... uh, I look forward to our paths crossing again in the near future. Goody. Take care. Thank you.